Let them have it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. are watching the devils right i missed it live paulie tipped me off to it obviously we took a break so during the break i'm working on the show i'm adding different things i'm looking for different things i wasn't looking at the tv i thought this one was gonna go into overtime and uh nope earlier in the show i talked about jack hughes not being available for the devils and you know not having that guy that can call game not having the young prodigy who's so fast with his skates and his stick that can just manufacture a, a goal and that the Devils would be all right without him. They just got to figure out late in games who's the guy to steal the game, to seal the game. And tonight it was Ryan Graves. He stepped up and uh, scored with like a second and a half left. Devils win. Finding their way, figuring it out. And now we open up. The calls and the mic and the show to Devils fans that watch that game that want to chime in and tell me what they saw. 877-337-6666 as we proceed. I've said enough. Let's get right to the phones. You know what we're talking about. The same stuff that we've been talking about all day and the first three hours of my show. People are waiting. I don't want them to wait the whole show. So let's get after it. Let's go down to Wall Township. Augustus on the fan. Are you there? Yeah, hey, Keith, thanks for taking the call. Uh, I want to second all the comments, too. I listen to your uh, compliments. I listen to you all the time. You do a great job. Thank um, you very much. Appreciate I just want to, I want to get your thoughts about this new Nets team. Um, I, uh, you know, as a fan, I guess it's what you do. I'm, like, gathering my optimism. I, I'm a realist. I mean, I'm watching Bucks Celtics right now, and I think these two teams are on a collision course. But I think the Nets could really be competitive. I mean, when, when those trades went down, I thought, all right, they're deep now. They got a lot of three-point shooters, and they they've got defense. Um, and I know it's going to take Jacques Vaughn a long t- uh, while to figure it all out. But I mean, I really believe in him and as, as a coach. Um, but I thought um, in the this is what I want to get your thoughts about. Like in that Philly game, I thought maybe they had a template for success where they were like driving to the rim, defense collapses down, and then they're just kicking it out to all their three-point shooters. Um, I don't know what happened in the fourth quarter as they went so cold, and I don't know why Cam Thomas didn't make an appearance there to kind of spark something. But um, I don't know. I, I, I think this team could be more competitive than people than people are giving them credit for right now. They will what, be. what do you think? They have pros, but the thing is they just have too much talent, right? And now Seth Curry will be back in the fold tomorrow night, so that adds another player for Jacques Vaughn to figure out where he fits in and how to get – him minutes. I just think this is a work in progress. I think they are figuring it out on the fly. I've I've spoken to the fact that the Nets themselves didn't think that this was going to happen this trade deadline, right? Going into the trade deadline, Nets fans were talking about getting a backup center, a backup point guard, um, checking in on guys like Jakob Podol, uh, even Josh Hart, uh, John Collins, and um, Nets fans were not expecting Kyrie to force his way out and then Katie to follow uh, this month. So now they're left to kind of pick up the pieces and put the best team together that they can. And like I said, they do have pros. They do have talent. But it's just like basketball, you know, they they use the word chemistry a lot. And I think that it's thrown around too much. But you can obviously see teams that have chemistry um, in big moments, right? 
They lock in. Absolutely. They know what to do. They know who's going to take the last shot. Their defensive so- assignments, like they're they are all speaking the same language. Right now, the Nets are a little disconnected, but it's going to take a couple games. It's going to take some time. And now they only have one game before the All Star break. We'll see what they do against the Miami Heat. Uh, but but the Heat are more of a cohesive unit that have have been through battles together. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost this next one. But they're going to battle. They're sure. going to compete. We'll see. But maybe they'll maybe they'll actually believe in the coach. Like I mean, that's what I never liked about the the KD Kyrie era. It was like the we don't need a coach mentality. Yeah. I mean, they played like it was like the NBA All Star game. Yeah, like it's you not just great. Put it's, them out on the court and play. It's unfortunate. Um, like you lose Kenny yeah, Atkinson, right? a coach that most Nets fans were cool with. Kenny fought for for the Nets. He fought the officials, the referees. He, oh, you know, Kenny he, was he great. helped develop our young talent and got the most out of them. And you get rid of a guy like that because you have Kyrie going on the first episode of KD's podcast saying, we don't need a coach. K could be the coach. I could be the coach. Well, clearly you need a coach. You got swept out of the first round of the playoffs last year with Steve Nash. And they fired Kenny Atkinson and put an inexperienced head coach in Steve Nash in that position, thinking that he'd be the right guy to massage egos as a former MVP and superstar himself. He'd be the guy to get the respect from KD and Kyrie never happened so then you have to go away from him and you go to Jacques Vaughn and I think they respected Jacques Jacques, I think they uh started to buy in some but ultimately they were upset with the organization and uh they tried to finesse the organization after all the nonsense all the negative attention that Kyrie brought to this organization he still felt like he had leverage he still felt like he could call his terms and they called his bluff okay you want to trade you're out of here goodbye we're done Sooner rather than later. We weren't ever going to give you a guaranteed $200 million. That'd be foolish. Fool me once, fool me five, six, seven times. But now they are in a position where this was never the plan, right? They never planned on having Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith play with Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson. They thought those guys were going to play with KD, but they ended up having to trade KD because KD, you know, KD literally does not want to drive the bus. He does not want to be the best player with no other all-star player, no other high-caliber player on the team. He's late in his career. He's trying to win a chip. He didn't see this as a place that he could do that. So, 100%. But, I mean, like, what team now has as many three-point shooters that could shoot over 40% in the Nets? And, I, and the three-point shot plays in the playoffs. Absolutely. I mean, Defense plays, right? I, that's what I, you know. Absolutely, I look yeah. at the team as, okay, they... They've had little guards. They've had Bruce Brown and Goran Dragic and Landry Shamit and Tyler Johnson and random guys like that over the last few years. But now they have the length that you need to be able to guard, to defend against a team like the Celtics, right? In my opinion, the Nets, after being swept by Boston, they should have been doing everything to beat that team. That's who's at the top of the mountain. That's who you need to knock off. They did some, but ultimately, uh, you know, the superstar route never panned out. These guys never won anything, and the Nets were living in a fairy tale land of hope and, and potential. And after a while, you can't keep living off of that when uh, they bring distractions. So now they're right. Right now, they are figuring it out with what they have, and it's only been two games. Uh, they put up a good fight against the Sixers, but the Sixers were on the second half of a back-to-back. They have a good coach. They have a cohesive unit. They pulled that one out, and then they they had a, a failure against the Knicks. But it was the Knicks' time to finally break that winning streak. And I think the Nets will be motivated on the floor tomorrow. They'll have, you know, a practice. They had a shoot-around practice um, today, um, and I think, you know, they'll they'll be better after the All Star break. But right now, they're just picking up the pieces and trying to figure it out. 
Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see that like it it seemed like he definitely wants to go all length, right? Like to have all his three tall wings in there and and not play Thomas, but it I'm interested to see what role Thomas is going to play at this point cuz I mean they, he they I don't feel trust like he's him. Shown... He's young, he's 21. Yeah. I don't think he was punished. We talked about it on Talking Nets that we were hoping that like he has he wasn't getting punished for uh his derogatory terms. Uh he used a phrase that a lot of young guys use. And it, it it didn't go well. Obviously, they you know the NBA fined him forty thousand dollars for the remark. But we thought like, yeah. all right, we're trying to figure out why are you benching the kid that just went back to back to back games putting up forty. They don't trust his defense. They don't trust him to make the right decisions. When he was in those games dropping forty, there was no one else. He had to go. Yeah. You know, and yeah. uh, we want to find a way for them to develop him. He's our guy, and I'm I'm kind of worried. Right, he was under. KD, Kyrie, and Harden. Nick Claxton was here under KD, Kyrie, Harden. They looked up to those guys. And all of those guys have left the organization and talked down on what was going on. So you have these young guys that are influenced by them. You hope that they are not leaning more into what the guys they looked up to said about the organization, and now they're just trusting in the organization. There's a lot to be figured out in That's Brooklyn. That's a really good point, yeah. But um, I, I do believe they'll be competitive. They have pros they have size, they have shooters, they have guys that defend, that play hard. They don't have the one star or two stars like a lot of these other teams, but I think they can surprise some people. And, and I trust Jacques Vaughn to get the most out of this roster. Yeah, me too. All thanks right, for thanks, the call. Man. Appreciate it, Augustus Down and Wall. Um, yeah, we're getting uh, calls on the Nets. I know there's people like, nobody cares about the Nets. Stop talking about the Nets. Well, now we're not talking about them as far as the way we had to cover them with the toxic stuff, with the black cloud over the organization, uh, I think more people are going to be inclined to talk about this Nets team. They're a team you can root for. They're not the big, bad Brooklyn Nets, the big three, scary out. You know, they're not that anymore. I think that uh, Nets fans have been humbled. I think the team and organization is humbled. And now there's less expectations. We're just hoping for the best. Let's see what this team can do. I think they're on more of a level playing field with the other team in town. Let's see what both teams can do. I would love to see them both make the play-in slash playoffs. I'd love to see them be the five and six seed, avoid the uh, the play-in. But a long way to go. I said two weeks from tomorrow, we'll get the rematch in the Garden, Nets versus Knicks. I think you're going to see a different Nets team. And then obviously we've got uh, one more game tomorrow, the All-Star break, and then a, a, a bunch of things coming up in the NBA. So uh, a few bridges to cross, but we'll get there. Pun intended. Mikael Bridges, a.k.a. Brooklyn Bridges, who should be the star of this team moving forward. We'll get there. Tim is in Cranford. What's up, Tim? You're on the fan. Hey, now, Keith. What's going on, brother? I just want to tell you, love the show. You seem like a, an honest and, and a real sports guy, and, and it's good to hear. It's a fresh fresh feeling for me. Yeah, thank hear. you. This is not shtick. No. I'm not acting. I can't pretend. I can only be who I am, and, and that's what I try and uh, give every night. So, yes, thank you. Okay. Deserve all the compliments. But I got a question about the NBA. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I read correctly. There's only four players competing in the all, uh, the slam dunk contest? Yes, that and is correct. Jericho Sims from the Knicks, yes. Now, when when I was younger, it was like much CTV. You know, you you had uh, you go. Yeah, here's another twist for you. A G League player is in there for the first time. His name's yeah, Mac McLung. Philadelphia, and, and I, it was you go down to the court. You you try to duplicate what they did and everything, and and it, it was fun. 
Now it's like the, the, like a D-League guy doing this. I mean, all yeah, the credit in the world for him. But come on. I, 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 I think these guys, and I hate to say it, not between the court, the, the baskets, but they're killing the sport. Like, a once great sport. It seems like I want to play with this guy or, yeah. or I don't like contract or I need a, a, a day to, uh, a nonsense day to, to heal myself. It just seems like these guys are, are, are taking it for granted. And granted, they have all the talent in the world to play. God bless The them. NBA is the most prima donna, diva, these guys think that they are the gods on earth league I've ever seen. And now, uh, I, I, I have friends who, growing up, we watched the NBA. We loved watching the NBA. Yeah, those now, days I are gone. Those, those hard-nosed yeah. days of these guys competing and these guys being at each other's necks to the point where they want to compete in things like the three-point contest, the dunk contest, to prove that they're the best, that, that doesn't exist anymore. The best players don't do the dunk contest, and they haven't for years. I don't know if it's yeah, a no. thing with getting hurt, right? We see that kind of with the home run derby and MLB. Oh, we don't want this guy to get hurt, or we don't want him to mess up his swing. I think it's just more of the dunk contest has faded. You're not going to see Michael Jordan and Vince Carter. I think the last great one was Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. And, you know, ever since then, it's kind of tapered off. And uh, it's it's not. It's just not the same. You've, you've got Kenyon Martin Jr. Life. in this one. Uh, most people know Kenyon Martin from the Nets. And uh, Kenyon Martin Jr., his son, will be in it. You've got Trey Murphy the third, who most people are not familiar with. Mac McLung, who, when he was in high school, was known as a dunker. He had a viral uh, dunk mixtape. Uh, he went to Georgetown. He also was a guy that people knew in, in college, but he's undersized. He went from the Lakers G League system to the Sixers G League system. And then you've got Jericho Sims, who only scores you know uh, one or two baskets a game. But he's a big guy. We'll see what he can do in the dunk contest. But it is not box office. It is not must-see TV and it is not the uh, dunk contest from the 80s, 90s, 2000s that we all kind of loved and looked forward to. Well, you said a mouthful. You sure know sports. <laughs> yeah, give me that. Yeah, I've just been uh, playing sports and watching sports and obsessed with sports since I could really walk and talk. So, <laughs> But I just have one more quick question, and if you can't answer it, what does it cost? a major league team to run the team. Now, I'm not talking salary for players. I'm talking the average team, like the Yankees, for example, bats, equipment, maintaining the field, traveling and everything. Isn't it, like, astronomical to be an owner for a team? Where we, As outsiders, we look at, oh, they have a $250, $250 million uh, payroll. Isn't their payroll a ton more than that? Like, yeah. it has to be committed. Yeah, no? I don't know the exact answer, but I know that these guys didn't want to open up their books, right? Remember a couple years back, they cried yeah. broke after the pandemic, and then with the lockout, they didn't want to open their books and really show everybody what their cost was, what they made or didn't make. Uh, I think there's a lot of finagling. I think uh, a guy like Steve Cohen, a lot of these guys don't like because they see how much money Steve Cohen has spent, not just for bringing in players, but on every way to improve his organization. Meanwhile, some of these owners, they they're not spending anything. You know, some of these smaller yeah, some of these smaller cities, you know, they like like Oakland and Pittsburgh, their payroll is nothing. And how much money are they making because uh, I mean, Oakland there's not that many fans, but Pittsburgh has a pretty decent fan base. When the Yankees went out there, that place was packed. They sold all those tickets. So, I I don't I don't know that answer. I don't know if we'll ever really know the answer. Maybe somebody listening yeah. knows what it cost 
a year to field a major league baseball team, not the players' salaries, but like equipment and I guess paying coaches and other other stuff like that. Either way, they're making money hand over fist. That's why, like, I I never want to hear people cry cry broke for like the New York Yankees. I know how much it costs to go in there, and I'm in the ballpark 40, 50 times a year, and there's thousands of people in there spending money. Like they're they're getting paper. Well, listen, I listen all the time. If you ever find the answer, break it out on the air for me, please. I will. I'll look for it. Thanks for the call, Tim. That's interesting. I'm not. I'm not sure. What's what's the overhead? What's the cost? Uh, Hal Steinbrenner, what is it? What does it cost you a year to field the New York Yankees? Not judges forty million a year salary, not what you got to pay uh, twenty one million plus for Josh Donaldson, but just the cost to you know have these guys in Tampa. I don't know. I don't know that that answer. I just know this: there there is a ton of money. They try to pretend like oh, owning a baseball team is not a good investment. Owning a baseball team is not going to make you rich. All these guys are rich, though. And I think there are ways to finagle it. I think there are ways to, uh, you know, take in that gate. That's what I always talk about. Once you once you, once you, you buy that ticket, they got you. And then once you get in that building, it's funny that they want to make the pace of play faster and shorten the game. They want the pace of play to make these two hours, two hours and 30 minutes well, when the game goes extra innings, I know they cut the beers in the seventh inning, but people are still buying expensive water, soda, merch, popcorn, food. If I'm stuck there for four hours, I might eat twice. <laughs> I just think that all these teams get money, man. I just think that all of these owners are filthy rich, and I don't know how much all of them love baseball or care about baseball. It's business at the end of the day. And if they think that they can be crafty and field a team that's competitive for less, of course they're going to try and do that. The days of the Yankees going out and, and signing, you know, five top free agents and spending top dollar, those days are done. Uh, Steve Cohen is doing it. So those days are, are done for the Yankees. They're not done for everyone. The Padres tried to do it. I don't know where they get their money from. That's a perfect example. Where, where do the Padres get all this money from? That they gave Xander Bogarts $280 million. What? Are there that many Padres fans out there? They haven't been really good since Tony Gwynn. But yeah, their fan base is growing because they brought in a Juan Soto, a Manny Machado. They traded for Fernando Tatis. They bring in all these different arms. Michael Waka signed with them today. Uh, I just mentioned Xander Bogarts. They have... Players and that attracts fans. And, you know, I saw a picture of their fan fest has doubled over the years. So I don't know. Maybe somebody knows better than me that's listening. How much money does it take a year to field a major league baseball team? And then tell me how much these guys make every year. I, I think they're doing just fine. 877 337. A six of six. Two more sixes will get you on the show. Keep McPherson on the fan. We got to break it down again, but I promise I'll be right back. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The New York Mets have acquired Mike Piazza from the Florida Marlins. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Okay. No scrubs on Valentine's Day. That'll make you feel some kind of way. 
Scrub is a guy that thinks he's fly, also known as a buster. There's some girl in a group chat right now saying that about her husband, fiance, boyfriend. I hope that's not you. I warned you guys last night. When I was on last night, I said, yo, get anything. Get anything. You don't have to go all out, but don't be empty-handed. Don't be that guy. Because Valentine's Day isn't even about the gift that you get. It's about these girls, these women flexing on Instagram or comparing gifts or what they didn't get, right? So if one has this extravagant flowers set up, you know, might be in a new relationship. The guy left rose petals leading from the door to the bedroom, and then there's teddy bears and chocolates and balloons, and she posts that, make the rest of her friends feel insignificant. That that treads on you, bro. That treads on you. But if you got something, you can't have nothing. It'll go a long way. A card, a key, whatever. You just don't want to be the guy that, that didn't come up with anything because it's like, ah, oh, it's a Tuesday. It's not a weekend. We don't have to go out to dinner. Ah, we're coming off the Super Bowl. I lost money. I don't have any extra bread to buy anything. Ah, I can't do it. Can't do it. So hopefully you did the right thing and you got your significant other something. I, I said it's different for women. Um, I definitely spent more on my wife than she spent on me, and I didn't I didn't spend a lot. Uh, I think I tried to spend under 30 bucks, or not under 30 bucks, under 100 bucks, and I spent 30, 30, 20, yeah, just under. I spent about 80 between flowers, a card, and balloons. Good enough. Good enough. Anywho, back to the show. It's 1030-ish. That means we've got about 90 minutes left until AM. 877-337, a six, a six, and two more sixes. Now, we've been talking a lot of NBA, as we should. Uh, I feel like now the Super Bowl has burned off. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more tomorrow when we see these guys celebrating and having another parade. Another parade. I swear, I went on a rant, I think, last week about the Yankees and Brian Cashman and the expectation of the fans, and it's always a failure. Yeah, it's always a failure if you keep failing 13 years in a row and uh, you keep selling us and telling your players to talk World Series. But you know what? Like part of my rant and part of the feelings that I had that I was speaking on, you know, little old me, I get to host the Pinstripe Pride event at American Dream. And I'm not on the mic as much because um, you had the guy on the mic that was like the you know, uh, going for 10, going for 20, uh, 25, do I hear a 30? He wasn't really doing that, but, you know, that's what it sounded like. I wasn't doing that, but I got to, you know, move around the room and shake hands and take pictures and meet people that listen to my show or follow me before I got on WFAN. The Yankees universe is amazing. There's so many Yankees fans. And part of the emotion that I brought into my rant on Cashman and what, you know, they think of fans and our expectations and what they think of their own job. Like, don't pat yourself on the back in a season that you won 99 games, but you were projected at one point to win 115. Don't pat yourself on the back in a season where you collapsed going into the trade deadline, the all-star break. And we weren't sure if you were going to fall all the way out. It took the heroics of Aaron Judge and some other guys to step in, a Harrison Bader to uh, join the club, and some young guys like Peraza and, and Cabrera to step in. Don't pat yourself on the back when you got swept out of the ALCS. You didn't win a game. It wasn't that you were four games away 
from the World Series. If you would have played another couple games, you probably would have lost those games too. So don't pat yourself on the back and make it seem like it's us that are delusional. I got to shake hands and take pictures and touch Yankees fans that are just like me for real. They go to the games. They grew up rooting for the Yankees. They're thirsty for a World Series appearance, let alone 28. And the thought that I had was, man, if the Yankees really knew, like our Yankees don't love their fans, right? We don't even have a fan fest like the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Padres, the Cubs. The Yankees don't love their fans like that. If they did, then your GM wouldn't be talking about, oh, the expectations here. You set the expectations. You you set the bar up there. Like, that's why you have so many crazy fans. That's why you would have home field advantage if you actually got to a game where it was competitive and the series wasn't already cooked. You don't even get to use your own Bronx Zoo. The zoo turns on you. And after, you know, meeting so many Yankees fans that I'm like, man, these people show me too much love. I'm, I'm just a fan like you. But I guess I, I, I speak on WFAN and Yankees fans can relate to me, you know, coming from the game to Tribeca to host after, you know, the Yankees win and, and share my experience from the stadium and my experience going to games. Like, you know, these are the greatest fans in the world. And the world would actually get to see what New York really looks like if the Yankees were able to win a World Series and we were able to actually have a parade in November. This place would be ridiculous. It would be upside down. We just saw the Super Bowl and all the celebrities out there and the parties. Yeah, it'd be the same type of vibe in New York if the Yankees were able to win a World Series. Mets might beat them to it. 877-337-6666. Let's get back to the phones. Ryan is in Terrytown. I love it up there. Nice little place by the water. They got a couple shops in like the Main Street area and the train from there gets you right to, like, Grand Central in, like, 45 minutes. What's up, man? Hey, Keith. Thanks for taking my call. So, yeah, I wanted to talk baseball. Um, but first, with the finance stuff, like, um, I have both a Yankees and Mets uh, season ticket package, and whenever I go to a game, the cheapest item I purchase is the ticket, you know, between parking and then I, my beloved wife, you know, wants uh, the sausage, um, onions, popcorn, soda. Mm-hmm. Soda's, like, ten dollars right yeah make sure you get a souvenir cup while you're at it (laughs) exactly you might as well get the souvenir cup but um you know it speaks volumes that the owners don't want to open their um but i've always looked at it as the the profit maximization for any franchise in any sport would be multiple championships i mean i look at like the chicago bulls of 47 before jordan came the bulls you know was the lakers it was the celtics it was the knicks but uh then the bulls were such an organization look at the bulls now it's like every bulls hat still mm-hmm. 50 years later right bulls bulls yeah. bulls look at golden state i mean can you name five golden state warriors I before can. steph curry joined i can but I, I i hear you i was in the arena last thursday i can bulls versus nets and there was a ton of bulls fans and i remember saying to evan because i went and sat next to evan i was like these aren't fans of Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. These are fans in New York that rooted for Jordan and just stayed Bulls fans. And he's like, oh, I know it. We see him every time. We see him whenever the Bulls come to town. Yes, sir. So about baseball, I was looking at some stats. Did you know that um, Barry that's, Bonds That's not me. That's, that's our resident Bulls fan behind the glass. 
playing oh, the yeah. music. If you've ever been to oh. the Madhouse on Madison, the United Center in Chicago, this is what they do. No, I remember Chicago Stadium on TV, the introductions of those great Knicks series when we had Stu Jackson and Pat Riley as the coach, yeah. But about baseball, did you know that um, Barry Bonds is over uh, at home runs per at-bat was around 12 at-bats or just <laughs> over 12 at-bats? And Aaron Judge is below that right now. Yeah, and Barry Bonds is ridiculous. Any numbers that you hear from Barry Bonds, like I, I spent a, a day looking at his baseball reference. I forget what it was or why, and I was just like, these numbers don't make any sense. Right, he had twelve. It was it's like twelve point three at bats per home run. But Aaron Judge is at eleven point nine right now. Yeah, and that's crazy to think about. Like Judge, Judge even right? being in that beautiful. same range below, you're basically saying Judge hits a home run in in less plate appearances than Barry Bonds. It's beautiful. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Hopefully it stays. Yeah. Hopefully it stays like that. He went crazy last year, uh, and I and I really believe yeah. this. He did that in spite of Cashman. He spoke on it, right? And I was in the ballpark. The fans were yelling at him, should have signed the contract. Are you nuts? Should have signed it. And he said, he spoke. He's like, I was double, you know, I was questioning myself. I was double guessing or, you know, what's the term? I'm blanking on the term, you know, double thinking a little bit. Like maybe I should have, but he bet on himself. He proved the organization wrong and they had to fork over 40 million a year. You know, hopefully Judge can keep this going for another 15 years. But also, like, uh, I'm a just big nine, Mets fan. I, just I, nine. <laughs> just need him to be uh, good for really, like, seven. <laughs> need him to keep okay, it going for seven bonds, years. The bonds come. But, um, you know, Kevin Mitchell was, like, my favorite player when I was a kid. I remember when he got traded. It was, like, a terrible day. Kevin Mitchell only got 0.4% of the Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, so he's not going to go in the Hall of Fame, but yeah. he's on. He's eligible this year again. But I know his numbers aren't that great. But uh, he was so he was so great. He played every position except for pitcher. The the Hall of Fame conversation is so cooked. I don't even care about them anymore. It's, it's Kevin these Mitchell for writers. the Hall of Fame, Keith. I love Kevin Mitchell. He was the best. Yeah. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for the call. Uh, we're getting some baseball conversation going. Of course, it's almost February fifteenth. Super Bowl is over. We're about to get into these nights on the fan where we're just talking about anything baseball related. Remember last year with the lockout? I felt like I was coming in here reaching for stuff to talk about, you know, whether it was uh, Mickey Rivers calling in for a little bit or uh, me putting out there, hey, tell me one time that you went to a game by yourself. I've done that a hundred times. <laughs> like one time, like I that's my norm. I usually show up by myself and leave by myself. After the I think after the second or third time I went to Yankee Stadium by, by myself, I was like, this is so much better. It's so much more efficient. I don't want somebody else to have my ticket in their phone. I also don't want to be with someone who doesn't care about the game or the team and the players as much as me. Like if it doesn't have any weight to you then I can't hang out with you. Like, we can't go to the game together and you want to get blacked out drunk before we enter because, like, I'm down to party. I'm down to have a couple drinks. But, like, I'm trying to, like, be in there for roll call, see first pitch, see how the guys look, watch the game because I'm there live. I don't know. I'm a baseball fan, a Yankee fan specifically. And being in New York, my number one motivation for being in New York, which is a place that I honestly did not want to be when I was younger. It was scary. It was daunting. It's crowded. Uh, if I can make it there, seemed pretty hard. Didn't think I was going to make it. But my main motivation for being here 
when I first got my New York City job at MTV, MTV wasn't paying me that much. I think I was making like $36,000 a year in the, the position that I took. But I didn't care what I was making because that train ride to Yankee Stadium was like 30 minutes. I'm going to the game. I don't know about y'all. I'm going to the game. I'm like, I'm going to more Yankee game. Like, now that I have a job in the city, I'm going to be at Yankee Stadium a ton. And I don't care if I have to take uh, the train to Port Authority, the bus from Port Authority all the way to exit 109 on the uh, Garden State Parkway and then drive 20 minutes home. That's what I used to be doing. I, could, I just care about watching live games. I didn't grow up going to the game. I didn't grow up going to the stadium. So as an adult with my own means and my own time to do that, that's what I, I do. That's just, you know, before I got on WFAN, that's just something I did. And uh, I'm looking forward to this season. I'm looking forward to getting back and rooting for the Yankees. But I'd be lying if I told you I'm optimistic on this team. I'd be lying if I told you I think this is a team that can win a championship. Bringing in Carlos Rodon is cool. I saw Domingo Herman is going to wear number zero because Rodon is going to wear 55, take the jersey right off his back. Let me get that from you. I think it should help Garrett Cole. I don't think Garrett Cole is going to give up 33 home runs again. And I think having another ace, you know, following you up, that's going to take off some of the pressure. Nestor Cortez is all in, tweaked his hamstring, but we're not worried about that, right? The World Baseball Classic is going to be cool, but, like, we're focused on 28. We're focused on the World Series. Same thing goes for the Mets, right? Brandon Nimmo talked about... Uh, you know, last time I did get hurt in the last game, I would you know be kicking myself if I got injured. We're all in for the World Series. We want a ring. Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz has been talking big since he got that money. Edwin Diaz came out and said that today. Or maybe it was yesterday. He said, we're looking forward to winning a ring. And you just heard on the uh, last update, you know, he said, I'm going you know, to keep throwing my two pitches and strike everybody out. All right, Edwin. Last year is going to be hard to top, bro. Here's some of that Edwin Diaz stuff about the bar. You know, our expectation is win the championship, so we are looking forward to start winning games and try to be in the World Series. Cut mm-hmm. dry to the point. And he had some other stuff about Timmy Trumpet and, like, striking people out, and he's glad that he's back. But it's clear that the Mets are setting the bar at essentially World Series or bust for them, which I love as a fan because it's for Mets fans, you we're not that used to that. But when it became clear that Steve Cohen and the Mets are just looking to buy players and buy a World Series, which is what they're doing, which I'm fine with, I think it's clear that the players know that now. So now the pressure and the onus is on the players because Steve Cohen did what he had to do for the most part. He shelled out the money. The Correa thing didn't happen. The offense is still kind of looking the same, and that was my main thing. But the pieces should be there for a deep, deep run for the Mets. So it's going to be up to them. And I'm not going to count injuries because injuries happen. Whatever happens, happens, right? Anyone can get hurt like that. Whether it's, you know, Pete Alonzo, Aaron Judge, injuries happen. It's sports. Then you, nothing you can do about that. You can't control, though, mental mistakes, how you play, and the team around you. And the, that's where the Mets now feel like, all right, we have the team. Let's... This is New York. Yeah. This is year three of Steve Cohen being here. These are the make it happen Mets. It's time to make it happen. And it's going to get to the point where they're the make it happen Mets are because they make it happen. Sounds like they're like, you know, 
like a pack of young puppies trying to like, you know, find their way. It's getting to the point where they're not young. They're not young. <laughs> and like I named them the they, make it happen yes. Mets because they're gonna like enforce their will, impose their will. Right. Like they have so much talent and they have the owner that like if you're supposed to be the Nord the new George Steinbrenner, you're you're setting the bar at World Series like George did. It's winning. And not winning, uh, you know, a, a game in the wild no, card round. No, it's almost like he's asking Mets fans to forget what happens in for 162 games. You got to believe and just focus on the uh, focus on the postseason. And I and I've been I've been always toying with that as as a baseball fan and as a Mets fan of putting so much mental effort and mental time and emotion into the regular season <laughs> when it's when Welcome really the Yankees I want, universe that's what every I, Yankees fan what does. I want is what you want which is just a World <laughs> Series title so yeah. if you could just like sleepwalk through 162 games and just get to October and just have four to six weeks of just like pounding at the flesh and like winning a World Series title would that make your life no, nah, I don't want to sleepwalk. Do you want to deal the ups with the ups and yeah, the, and, that's part and of the downs the and journey. the peaks, valleys? Uh, my guy Joe's McFly used to say 162 one game seasons because Yankees fans, you would think the Yankees lose the Yankees lose opening day this year is going to be hell. <laughs> Especially for the Joe's McFly guy. That guy is out of control. But talk- like Joe's is like that. Like he literally yes. cares. Because about- we've spoken about this before about how much that guy. I wish I cared about something as much as that guy cares about the Yankees every single game. <laughs> Sal Licata had a great line on him because, uh, and Joe's is also just like genuine guy, went viral, super lucky because he's a nice guy and like good you energy. Know, that, that comes across in the videos too about how genuine, how like. The guy, you know, this isn't an act. He, you can tell he Bro, legit his crib, cares. His crib is a twenty-minute walk from Yankee Stadium. I've I've been in his house with his family and in that basement watching Yankees games with him, recording podcasts. Like you talk about a guy that grew up in the Bronx in the era that the Yankees were winning World Series. That's Joe's McFly, and Salicata was talking about him because Joe's went to Tampa and he entered the fifty-fifty. Uh, and he won, right? This is the same guy that went viral when Aroldis Chapman gave up a home run to Rafael Devers. He just happened to be recording, and he goes viral. Like, Joe's is that kind of guy. So he wins the $15,000 in Tampa, the first and only time he ever went to trash a can of field. And he's just, like, kind of in, like, disbelief, but, like, happy but not too excited. And Salicata's like, this guy will lose his mind over a John Carlos Stanton home run. He wins $15,000. He doesn't bat an eye at it. He's like, oh, 15K, don't worry about it. It's all good, man. This is this is so cool. Giancarlo, Giancarlo goes 0 for 5. The Yankees lose 10-2 in April. This he's is out of control. Yeah, he's he's yelling it. at the screen. He's flipping over tables. It's just, it's fun. Bro, the, the want that we all have, and, and the Yankees universe has created uh, just like a different feel. I mean, with Joe's, with John Boy, Jake, um, those guys, what they've done building John Boy Media and then even getting into, like, Yes Network. I mean, me being at John Boy Media, leaving, coming into the fan, it's like the Yankees Twitter people that were doing podcasts and vlogs and content around the stadium, we've kind of grown up a little bit and, and grown out into the New York media, which I think is great because, like, we are authentic. We are the ones, but you can just tell the hunger and the thirst and the want that we all have to get back to a World Series and win. It's starting to get frustrating, bro. Yep. 
it's starting to get real frustrating, especially like thinking about where we all were in 2009. Like I was in college, bro. I was 15 like, years ago. Yeah. I, I, I just said I've been with my wife for 13 years. We met the year that like we met the year before the Yankees won the World Series. But we started hooking up, dating, talking that year, 2009 into 2010. The days of the Tex and Giambi and A-Rod. That was a long time ago. Oh, it's incredible. It's a long time ago. Yeah. It's funny with the way John Boy has it with the Yankees. I have that feeling kind of with the seven line who started up as just a group of fans. Yeah. And then they turned that into officially licensed and then they turned it into stadium baseball Gates, everybody recognizes them across they have a baseball and travel other places. Shout out to Darren Meenan. I met Darren in the fan cave. Yeah. My friend awesome Dan. Guy. And I've been I've been I've been to a few seven line things. I did seven line opening days for a four or five straight years so yeah. during my like I think this is like gonna be twenty or twenty one straight Mets opening days I've been to at this point for this season. For this year when it comes, and a few of those I did with the seven line. It's great. It, it, it's it's pure just like bliss out there. Yeah. And it's, you know, and a lot of those guys back in the day, they knew the team was trash. They they knew it. I knew it. You, you, you had to be stupid not to realize it. But it's opening day and you, you stay just get, down till you come up. You, you, you just get out eventually. There. Yes. It's it's. And now we're at this yeah, point. 2015. Yeah. But now you got Steve Cohen. Well, the, that 2015 thing, because it's fun. Kind of when I was growing up in the late '90s, early 2000s, the Royals were awful, right? The Royals were just trash. They would lose every single season. I remember. And then we would, <laughs> and then me and my friends, we would, we would talk about, it. and we were like 15, 16 at the time, and we were like, should we just become Royals fans? Because at one point they're going to suck enough that they're going to get a lot of good players, and they're just going to be better. Mm-hmm. They're just going to be good because they're going to be so bad that they're going to get so many. They good called players. that with them and the Astros that eventually they it would come around through the draft that both of those teams would win World Series, and they did. Stay down till you come up. And that's the thing, right? We're not down as Yankees fans. We know we're at the top. We know that we have the money and the players and the the wild fan base. That's why we're like, yo, what what's going on? The right. Astros can get to six straight American League championships, go to the World Series every other year. We can't crack through and beat them. We can't figure that out. Oh, they were cheating. Okay. But now they just want another one, what we think, fair and square. Um I think the hunger of the Yankees fan, especially like, you know, the millennials that grew up with the core four and that dynasty that kind of brainwashed us into thinking, hey, these are the New York Yankees. They're going to be in it every year. Well, we're in it every year, but we're not really in the fall classic anymore. And now you've got grown men that are in their mid-30s. You know, we're getting up there closer to 40. And we're like, hey, um, it's been a while. <laughs> Uh, we don't want to hear it anymore. We don't want to hear the excuses anymore. Get back to the mountaintop. What's going on here? There's only so many excuses Yankee fans are going to be willing to take. And the Astros cheating thing, that what that's almost what was that, seven years ago, six years ago? Nobody that should be the nobody should care about that anymore. I I mean that that's And they can't because they just won. Right, and they just won again. And who knows what would have happened if they weren't cheating. Maybe they still beat you. Nobody knows that. But the The Yankees did not hit the ball. In Tropicana, or not Tropicana, uh, yeah, Tropicana, uh, no, not Tropicana, Minute Maid, stupid orange juice ballparks. Um, the juice box. I hate both of those places. Like, I've had chances to go to Tampa to go to uh, tro- the Trop. I don't want to go. It's a dumpster. Uh, Minute Maid Park, I'm, I don't know. I don't want to go to the city of Houston. 
but it's been a house of horrors. I'll have terrible flashbacks in that ballpark. I just don't care to go. And I'm on a conquest to see all the ballparks. I've seen like 15 of them. But there's some that I just like, whatever. If I'm paid to go, I'll go. But I'm not going out of my way to go sit amongst Astros fans or Tampa Bay Rays fans in their garbage ballparks. I'll be right here in the Bronx. All right, uh, now we got some baseball conversation going. Maybe you heard something that you want to talk about. 877-337, a six of six, and two more sixes. We've got another hour of the show. We're definitely going to talk baseball. Uh, I was mentioning before that the Celtics were facing the Bucks. That game went to overtime. The Bucks win. Those are your two top teams in the East. One of them, I think, is going to come out. Uh, we'll go through NBA scores. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the NBA All-Star game. If you'd like to talk about the new rules in Major League Baseball and what we can expect, call me up. If you still have something to add to the Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield, quarterback carousel conversation, we can do that as well. Keith McPherson on the fan. Let's take this break right 